This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic iRadio. Hello there everyone. Hope you're all feeling well today. Welcome to episode 2 from series 3 of Unique Dyslexic Eye. Today I want to talk a little bit about um, the fantastic dyslexic mind and entrepreneurship. Since last week I've been busy with my dyslexia work at the universities lots and lots of students seen and unfortunately for me lots and lots of paperwork to do i'm great with seeing the students not so good with the paperwork it's a bit of a pain in the bum but over time i've kind of found my own way to compensate for that and that's what many dyslexics do they're really good at doing the entrepreneurship aspect of things and maybe not so good at the paperwork side of things anyway here is the article it's called a dyslexic mind is a fantastic mind It's long been known that dyslexics are drawn to running their own business, where they can compensate for their weaknesses in possibly with reading and writing or maths and play to their strengths. Uh, For example, if you're an entrepreneur, it's having the idea. And of course, that's the most important thing with an entrepreneur is having the idea. But a new study of entrepreneurs in the United States suggests that dyslexia is much more common among small business owners than even the experts at all. Wow, what a surprise. I kind of already knew that anyway. The report compiled by Judy Logan, a professor of entrepreneurship at the Cass Business School in London, found that more than a third of entrepreneurs she surveyed, around 35%, identified themselves as dyslexic. The study also concluded that dyslexics were more likely than non-dyslexics to delegate authority and to excel in oral communication and problem solving and were twice as likely to own two or more businesses. And I would agree with that. We are great communicators orally and we have unique problem solving skills. As I would say, dyslexia, different minds, different thinking, unique solutions. And I would go on and say that dyslexia is a difference that reflects diversity rather than being a disability. As a social model of dyslexia and disability proponent, you know, I would say dyslexia is more about diversity and difference and not about disability. I would say that it is society that disables us. We found that dyslexics who succeed had overcome an awful lot in their lives by developing compensatory skills. Logan said during an interview, If you tell your friends and acquaintances that you plan to start a business, you will hear over and over. It won't work. It can't be done. But dyslexics are extraordinarily creative about maneuvering their way around problems. Question. Can you think of any compensatory strategies that you use to help you overcome issues you may face in society? Let me know. Why not email me on steve, S-T-E-V-E, underscore McHugh, M-C-C-U-E, at hotmail.com. The Julie Logan study was based on a survey of 139 business owners in a wide range of fields across the United States. Logan called the number who said they were dyslexic staggering and it was significantly higher than the 20% of British entrepreneurs who said they were dyslexic in a poll she conducted in 2001. I will say we need to worry about these numbers when you consider that uh, in a study that I did some time ago, only 19% of dyslexic adults were assessed at school. There was a great many dyslexic adults out there who get maybe assessed at university or in college, but there are a great many who may not ever get assessed as dyslexic. They may go through their whole lives not knowing they're dyslexic. Logan said 
She attributed the greater share in the United States to earlier and more effective intervention by American schools to help dyslexic students deal with their learning problems. Approximately 10% of Americans are believed to be dyslexic, she says. I thought the number was higher. One reason that dyslexics are drawn to entrepreneurship, Logan said, strategies they have used since childhood to offset or to compensate their weaknesses in written communication and organizational ability, identifying trustworthy people and handing over major responsibilities to them can be applied to business. I also think we have the intuition. I think we use a strong intuition here. We get a feel for people. I often hear that from dyslexic students that I work with about how they talk about feel. Dyslexic entrepreneurs often delegate authority and that gives them a significant advantage over non-dyslexic entrepreneurs who tend to view their business as their baby and like to be in total control, Logan said. I'm not sure about that. Um, Maybe I'm a bit of a control freak. I don't know. William Davis Jr., Senior Research Fellow at the Research Foundation of the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Phew, that's a mouthful. (laughs) Which is a 400,000 member trade group in Washington said that the study results fit in the pattern of what they know about small business owners. Entrepreneurs are hands-on people who push a minimum of paper do lots of stuff orally instead of reading and writing and delegating and they delegate authority all of which suggests high verbal facility dennis said compare that with corporate managers who read 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 according to logan only one percent of corporate managers in the united states have are dyslexic i think corporate britain or corporate america is missing out here missing out on possible intrapreneurs and these are entrepreneurs within business Much has been written about the link between dyslexia and entrepreneurial success. Fortune magazine, for example, ran a cover story five years ago about dyslexic business leaders, including Richard Branson from Virgin, John Chambers, chief executive of Cisco, Paul Orphelia, founder of the Kinko copy chain. And those were very few of the people she could have included in this article. Similarly, Rosie Fink, a professional at Leslie College in Cambridge, Massachusetts, wrote a paper in 1998 on 60 highly accomplished people with dyslexia from Nobel laureates to Harvard oncologists. But Logan said that hers was the first study that she knew of that attempted to measure the percentage of entrepreneurs who are dyslexic. Carl Schramm, president of the Kaufman Foundation, which financed the research, agreed. He said the findings were surprising, but he noted there was no previous baseline to measure it against. So that kind of research has never been done before. Emerson Dickman, president of the International Dyslexia Association in Baltimore and a lawyer in Maywood, New Jersey, said the findings made sense. Individuals who had difficulty reading and writing tend to deploy other strengths, said Dickman, who is also himself dyslexic. They rely on mentors, as a result, become very good at reading other people and delegating duties to them. They become adept at using visual strengths to solve problems. Phileas dabbles in a hodgepodge of business undertakings is most boastful about being dyslexic and having attention deficit hyperactive disorder. He said, I get bored easily, and that is a great motivator. I think everybody should have be dyslexic and or ADD, attention deficit disorder. He had difficulty and issues with reading and writing because it forced him to master verbal communication. I would say that we are natural verbal communicators. We are natural communicators, in fact. I didn't have a lot of self-confidence as a kid, he said, and that is for the good. If you have a healthy dose of rejection in your life, you're going to have to figure out how to do it your own way. 
Danny Kessler, 26, who is also dyslexic and has attention deficit hyperactive disorder, he founded Angels with Attitude, which holds self-defense seminars for women. He is a co-founder of the Club E Network, which sponsors networking events, runs online chat rooms for entrepreneurs and produces television shows about them. He also said, He had low self-esteem and self-confidence as a child. He now views that as a catapult into the entrepreneurial world. Indeed, many dyslexics say uh, they've succeeded in business because they are dyslexic and, and in spite of their experience of school. And for many dyslexics, after they leave school is the time that they start to bloom and to succeed in what they want to do. He told himself he would never be a lawyer or a doctor, but I wanted to make a lot of money. I suppose we all want to make lots of money. And I knew business was the only way I was going to do it. So if you listen to the article, you can see that there are lots of strengths going on in there for for dyslexics. It's just a case of finding a way to deploy them, to use them. So I hope you've enjoyed the article and hope you feel more positive from reading about it or reading it. If you have any questions, you can either contact me at Steve, S-T-E-V-E, underscore McHugh at hotmail.com or text me on 078-287-41473. It would be fab if you would take the time to sign up for my podcast, follow me or share me and help me grow the audience that I have. That's something that is free for you to do and it would really help to grow my show, which is where I want to be with this. I want to get a bigger audience. You know, I've had 1,200 downloads and reads or whatever it's called so far and um, you know I want to I want to boost those figures I know my blog does very well we're nearly at 400,000 views or reads or whatever and I just want to bring that success of my blog to my podcast all right so thank you very much for listening I really appreciate you taking the time to listen thanks very much goodbye this is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic iRadio Well, I hope you enjoyed that article on dyslexia and entrepreneurship. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me on Steve, S-T-E-V-E, underscore McHugh, M-C-C-U-E, at hotmail.com and uh, email me your questions about that particular podcast. If you have any feedback, any comments, please, again, just email me on that same email and let me know what those comments are. You can also contact me on 078 287 41473 if you want to have a little chat maybe you might be interested in in sharing some of your thoughts on dyslexia on my show that would be cool quite happy for that to happen so as i said thank you very much for listening if you'd like to subscribe or follow please do so if you'd like to share please share the show that would be cool i'm trying to grow my audience but i'm grow my audience get more listeners it just helps get our social model of dyslexia and social enterprise model out there to a wider audience which is what i'm trying to do This is Steve McHugh here for Unique Dyslexic Eye. I am a dyslexic, dyslexia and inclusion specialist. I have been uh, a dyslexia and inclusion specialist since 1995, so that's quite a while. What I will say is that it might seem like a long time, but I'm still learning from people that I talk to, my students I talk to about dyslexia and neurodiversity all the time. I don't claim to be an expert at everything. I'm an expert on my own dyslexia, and uh, that's that's my only claim to fame, I think. I'm always learning from the dyslexics and neurodiverse communities that I support. Okay, so I will be bringing you episode three from series three in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be something about epigenetics. I'm not quite so sure yet. Okay, so thank you very much. Peace, 
love and grooviness to you all out there and as i say you might even have a question you'd like to ask me again just send me just send me your question or send me a message on my phone there or via my email both of which i've already given to you but i will say it again my email is steve s-t-e-v-e underscore McHugh, m-c-c-u-e at hotmail.com and my mobile phone number is 078 287 41473 okay thank you very much for listening hope you continue to follow my podcast and maybe even subscribe to my podcast that would be really cool all right thank you very much bye this is Stephen McHugh reporting for unique dyslexic i radio